Welcome to the Financial Advisors Workshop, where we will be interviewing some of the most successful financial advisors in America to hear exactly what strategies and tactics they use to grow their practice to 100 million and beyond. So our biggest goal here with this podcast is to help you grow your financial advisor practice. So thanks everybody for tuning in and let's jump into the interview. Welcome everybody to today's episode of the Financial Advisors Workshop. And we have a very interesting gentleman that we're going to meet with today who's out in California. Uh, and uh, his name is Chris Janeway. And Chris is the founder of Fourth Point Wealth and uh, worked with a number of other firms prior to that. And you've been at it for about four years and you're now the founder and CEO of the firm. So Chris, welcome to the Financial Advisor Workshop. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Well, good. So Chris, um, you've got quite an interesting career, about 14 years in the industry. Um, you manage uh, about 100 million, is that right? Yep. Excellent. So tell us about your firm and how you, how you decided to found it and how it all developed. Yeah. Uh, so I worked with another firm for about 10 years. And I, I suppose some of it was timing. It was you know the natural evolution of things that uh, kind of felt like I was at my ceiling to some extent and, and needed to, to try my hand and see if I could do this thing. Uh, while I was still young and energetic and and uh, and hungry for it, so I started Fourth Point Wealth about four years ago. We moved. My wife is from Newport Beach. We're in Newport Beach now. We were in Santa Barbara, and so we okay. moved from from Santa Barbara down to Newport Beach and and started Fourth Point Wealth. It's been uh, an exciting, great adventure, um, and and certainly it's it's grown a lot faster than I planned around, which is a, a great problem to have. We're we're loving yeah. life. So excellent. So you founded the firm, but then you also, you're open to growth and you found a partner. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, so as I said, sometimes the best deals kind of fall into your lap at the you know right timing, right place. And I'm a big believer in, in getting the right people on the bus rather than uh, than just kind of growing for, for the sake of growth. And so we found an advisor who um, we had met along the way somewhere and, and uh, he had been negotiating a, an exit plan with somebody else and we just kind of got to talking so we found that it was the right partnership uh his client base was kind of right for what we do and the right relationships and he was a very mission oriented advisor uh who cared very deeply that it go to the right process the right people and and uh that somebody's going to take care of his clients and so uh so that worked out so we had him come on board for about two years and he just retired at the end of the year. So we're, we're excited for him and, and, and sad to lose him, but, uh, but that ended up going really well. Nice. So now it's just you yourself and your assistant, yep. and then you guys process the whole program yourselves. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, looking for the next people to put on the bus, certainly, but, uh, but not in a massive rush to just scoop up advisors everywhere. I think that brings in a lot of problems. So uh, we've got a couple of folks who are, are looking to maybe join us when the timing's right for them, but, uh, but no announcements yet, I suppose. Well, that's great. When you live in a wonderful area. Yeah. Uh, so tell, so you talk a lot about education and we, in our pre-discussion, we talked about that and uh, you do that obviously for the community, but what about for clients? Let's talk about that first. Yeah. So I think, um, I think it's kind of the core foundation of, of what we do, why I left where I was and started the, a, a firm. I don't think our industry does a great job of really teaching people how to get from A to B. Um, I, there's a, the, the language can be very intimidating to folks, kind of like legal language. 
when it's broken down into simpler terms, people click, you can see the light bulb go off and they go, oh my gosh, and you know their life won't be the same because they don't have this, this level of fear and anxiety. But you know, our industry, we're low trust. Everybody's got some sales pitch, right? And instead of just saying, no, it's really simple. Here's how you do this, right? And here's how you build wealth for your family and here's how you protect it. And when you teach them those things, um, I, you know, I find that if I give them enough tools to probably go out and do it on their own, uh, they end up saying, no, I like you and I want you to, I want you to do it, right? I hire a, a, a landscaper for my house. I love doing the landscaping. I actually, I find it relaxing to go cut the grass, but I don't have a whole lot of time. I'm coaching my kids in sports and doing things and running a business. And so I hire somebody, right? But I enjoy doing it. So it's just a, a it, it's finding the right partner to do it. And so I think that education is kind of the core foundation for Fourth Point Wealth. We do a lot of it because I need people to, understand what we're doing and why we're doing it uh that builds trust over time and and sometimes you gotta you gotta repeat it right it's it's it doesn't all sink in at once and so you gotta make sure you're constantly doing those things that's the nature of training isn't it yeah yeah absolutely excellent well and the best client is an informed client it sounds like you know right. they, yeah, they could do this on their own but uh they hire you because they actually have confidence that you know what you're talking about because you're training them right so, that's awesome. Yep. So now we talked a little bit about some of the work you did before you started your firm yeah. and in the retirement planning area. And that involved a lot of training as well, didn't it? Yep, absolutely. So um, I got my start in the K-12 and ERISA plan market. So I was a, I was 22 years old. Uh, it was 2008. It wasn't a great time to just jump in and be a, a production only financial advisor, right? So life was life was difficult. And I think to some degree, ignorance was bliss. I was just kind of ready to get going. And, and, uh, and so that was fortunate, but the, the differentiator was on the education side. So I could come into a niche market like the employer sponsored plans and start adding value to folks who, uh, who needed some of that understanding. They, the, the employers needed somebody to come in and teach it. They weren't equipped to deal with it. Um, and I could, I could carve out a great niche that was wonderful. So when you kept showing up and kept teaching and kept adding value and people started asking those questions for their personal assets and that C-suite would start to come in and say, Hey, you know, I, I talk to you more than my other advisors or, Hey, I've been doing this on my own for an awful long time. And, and uh, my 401k over here seems to be doing much better. Can we talk about why? And, and uh, so showing up and teaching and, and putting in all that value up front for the three, four years is what ultimately led to the wealth management side growing. Nice. Well, and, and being being uh, present and being, uh, you know, seeing how people interface with you, they right more attracted to you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they could it, you build trust over time. Right. Trust doesn't happen overnight. But when you just keep showing up uh, and you're not just some enrollment agent who comes once a year with your packet and a, and a stock PowerPoint. Right. We can do topical things and, and, and answer real questions. Uh, then people start to get an idea of of if you're the right person for them. Right. And, uh, and so that, that began to grow and then it really snowballed from there. So Chris, when you model out the business and you do plans like that, do you charge extra fees for that? Or, or uh, is there like a subscription fee for a company or is it based on the assets of the plan? No. So you know, each employer that we have is going to get an education plan put in. Sorry. So yeah, I, I don't ever try to be, and there's a big race to the bottom in, in fees right now in retirement plans, which isn't always a bad thing. 
fees and retirement plans were really high for a very long time. And people just don't benchmark them. They don't look. Um, so, you know, I try to make sure that we're right at or just frankly above the median. Um, so I'm not going to be the cheapest retirement plan provider. But man, our plans work. Participation's great. Contributions are really high. Uh, and the reason is, is somebody is showing up. And I really believe that somebody's coming in and answering real questions for people rather than saying, here's your online training videos, or here's your enrollment agent once a year. It's there's a resource or somebody they can trust and kind of go to and counsel them through it. Yeah. Uh, interesting. So then you've also, in addition to training clients and, and plan participants and, and whatnot, you've also done a lot of speaking, like an um, almost a similar theme, haven't you? Yeah. Um, we started probably 10 years ago. We built a financial literacy program within the public school system. I was doing a lot of work with their foundation there and, uh, and we saw a gap and kids were leaving high school completely unprepared, right? And this is a story we've all heard a million times over, right? They yeah. don't teach us how to file our taxes in, in, in high school. And so uh, we decided to do something about it. And I was probably doing 100 hours a year in, in the high schools throughout Southern California and, and, uh, and ended up teaching and kind of training other people to come in and be resources. The local banks really liked getting involved in that as well. And so we kind of trained up a, an army, but um, we built a curriculum to put into the schools and people ate it up. The kids were hyper engaged. They wanted to learn this stuff. They haven't heard it. It's still kind of faux pas to talk about money at home. Maybe mom and dad aren't so great or in credit card debt too, right? The statistics would show right. it. And so uh, maybe they don't trust their family. And some of the, some of the high schools, it's interesting, you know, the socioeconomic differences, some of the classes that we're teaching and the questions that were coming up versus other areas. And right. but you had a real impact. Kids were absolutely engaged in trying to figure out how do I not screw up my life and maybe grow some wealth someday, mm -hmm. uh, no matter what background they came from. But then you could see in the back of the room, the teacher was furiously taking notes, right? Every time. And they're asking questions and going and really engaging in it. Um, and that kind of helped build more into what we were doing in the employer plans. And these things kind of supplemented each other. Um, and then we started getting asked to come in and talk at, at, at you know, conferences, et cetera, along the way to kind of talk exactly about what we're doing. Um, and, and this has continued to grow. And now I'm teaching at, uh, at my old university as well and, and working with the athletics department to teach a lot of this. Nice, nice. Well, good. So how long have you done this with, with nonprofit groups or schools? Yeah, I, I started... Boy, probably right from the beginning, as soon, people, people love uh, free work, right? And so uh, when I had no clients and, uh, and was just hungry and, and it's, it's about repetitions and going out there and, and, and pounding the pavement, I suppose, to some degree. So I was, uh, I was coaching in a high school football team and, and that's where some of that started is, is working within the uh, within the athletic department kind of started talking about a little bit and they ask questions and then you build some relationships and all of a sudden I'm teaching in the schools and running some classes in the evening for or after school for for teachers doing educational workshops that then built into the to the kids and, and bringing it to the classroom etc so I feel like this thing like I said is kind of snowballing itself but that was really from day one is how can I offer some value and show who I am and that I'm not just uh, some kid is that uh, that I'm here to help and 
And that really grew. So it's been about 14 years that I've been doing financial education in some capacity, uh, which has just kind of changed and grown over time. So, so how much of how much business that you have currently has come out from some of the the good uh, the good work you've done outside the industry? Is there any any bit of spill over there? All the time. Um, I I mean I attribute honestly entire all of our success to to being that value add and let's go out and teach and and. Yeah, I, I think of um, Wizard of Oz, right? Pay, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> uh, that's our industry, right? I feel like that's really how financial services is set up is, is we're seeing this, this grandiose thing that can be intimidating. And really, it's just, you know, if I pull the curtain back, man, it's so simple. Oh, I didn't know that. And I can do these things and, and answer these questions for myself. And then they, then they frankly know what, what questions to ask their advisor or CPA or state plan attorney. They can start to be armed to make better decisions for themselves. And I find that they hire us because of it, right? So uh, when they know what to evaluate and how, then, uh, you know, it, and that can be anywhere from a young couple who's been building their, you know, savings and they bought a house and now it's time to start really growing investments, all the way up to um, you know somebody who's ultra high net worth that we have coming on who doesn't have I, he knew how to make money he didn't really know how to invest money and, and protect right. it and grow it and so you know some of these basic questions are still swirling in his mind as well and even though he's been immensely successful in tens of millions of dollars so uh, the, the the answers to those questions are important no matter where we're at so I attribute all of our success to to that teaching type mentality. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of it that comes directly and, uh, and all of it in some fashion is because of, I think that's just the personality of, of the firm and why you'd hire me. It's a very giving theory. And, and uh, in, in a sense, that's a big part of our business is giving people advice and help. And, and there's so much to it, but it sounds like it, it's really working for you as you develop pra practice and get, getting to know, be known in the community up in Santa Barbara, and now, of course, down in Newport, right? Newport, very open to that, isn't it? The Newport yeah. Beach. Area. Yeah. yeah, it's great. You know, there's, uh, it's a big pond, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of yep. success going on here and a lot of competition, but, but boy, people are, people are growing and successful and, and there's so much to get involved in. You just find, you find where you feel like you fit and, and people grab on. Um, it's, it's, it's been a wonderful place to, to grow a business and, and be able to be in the community and coach the sports and sponsor the leagues and do those things and, and really have the small town feel that, that I, it speaks to me. Right. And, and, uh, and kind of help in my local market. Um, but that's been where our growth is as well. It's, it's really led to success just being a partner. So I think, you know, the, the more you give, the more you get. Yes. It's a great, it's, it's, it's great stuff. Well, so now switching back to your practice, Sure. So once you have a client, how do you invest for them? How do you manage? Are you money managers yourselves? Do you work with managers? How do you do it? Yeah, so uh, I tend to be kind of a factor guy. So I'm not a stock and bond trader, highly active. This is how can we build an efficient portfolio and then keep you on your plan for a really long time, right? So right. Uh, that is, that's really my approach. We're more on the passive side. So a lot of, a lot of DFA Vanguard BlackRock for, for low expenses and building those portfolios. So, um, you know, I'm not trying to be the new algorithm that, uh, that solves the world's problems and outperforms everything. I think that that's a, 
that's a, a dangerous line to start to cross to think that I'm some guru, right? But it's uh, how can we do this the right way for a long period of time? And I think 90% of the battle is, is making sure people don't take two steps forward, one step back on a bad decision, which is yeah. ultimately, again, where that education piece comes in is, uh, is the more we're teaching them how we do it and why we do it, the more likely they are to stick with it. Um, you know, our, our job is kind of like being a fireman. It's easy when it's easy. While we're talking right now, the market's down 3% today, right? So I'm sure that they'll, I'll have to, uh, you know, slide down the pole here and, and put out some fires. And that's when we earn our, our worth is, is making sure that yeah. when it's scary and intimidating that, uh, that people get through that. So, so, uh, do you use specific planning software or is it more custom? Yeah, our planning software is eMoney. So I do all of our financial planning within there. Uh, so I'm sure that's, you know, not a whole lot different than most that are out there. There's kind of the big two or three uh, software providers. So all the planning is within eMoney. Uh, and then we'll use, depending on the client to some extent, whether that's a, a, a model type portfolio as a core and maybe some customization if we need to, or invest net for our ultra high net worth that we'll bring in some of those and, and create some portfolios and bring in extra resources. But, uh, uh, but planning is, is the foundation and, and that's all three money. So then when you, you meet with them quite often, where you review it or how, how what is your client plan in that sense? Yep. Uh, some of that's tiered by where they are in their life. Not so much their money. And, you know, some of that is, is going to be more, you know, for that ultra high net worth, we talk almost every other week, right? That's a, especially early on. And there's a lot of changes in that person's life, but, uh, but, you know, we'll talk almost every other week at, at certain levels, especially when there's lots of life changes. Uh, but we have, you know, for, for a lot of folks, we have young savers as well, which I really focus on. I'm not a get me all the retirees. It's, it's how can I find the right people? Um, you know, I love bringing in young couples that are upwardly mobile, educated, working on their careers and let's get them now and get them to that million plus faster because we gave them good advice and they'll be sticky. Um, those people, there's not as many changes going on in their life. If their job hasn't changed, they haven't had more kids. They haven't had, we can do an annual review and do some check-ins along the way, um, right. and on a cadence. So we somewhat customize it when we set our, our different, our different brackets for the clients and, and kind of what that core service offering is. But then, uh, but then the real question that, that, uh, we make sure that our people know is, is uh, if there is a life change, you got to call us, right? You got to let us know because we can't look at it through the right lens unless we have all the data inputs. And so, um, right. you know, the the uh, the famous line from clients is, oh, I don't want to bug you. I know you're busy. I don't want to bug you. I don't want to bug you. And people say it all the time. They feel like they're bothering me. They, hey, you pay me to listen to you, right? So it's, uh, don't yeah. worry. You need to pick up that phone and, and, and call us, shoot us the email, let us know what's going on in your life. Because the more I know, the better I can be at giving you advice. So um, promising people they're not bothering us when, uh, when they, we love yeah. talking to them, right? I, I come to work because we work with good people and, and, you know, we've all had that, that call ID that comes in where your heart sinks and you think not today. Um, and that's part of why I started fourth point as well is, is, is I work, you know, the number one thing when we, when we look at what's a fit is, is, is there a good report? Do we feel like it's a personal fit? Do I want to talk to you because I'm going to be better at my job than when I'm excited to talk to you and hear about your family and more that's going on. So, you know, it's gotta be a personal fit first. People do business with people they like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Excellent. So how's it going this year? Markets are pretty rough. Are, are clients 
uh, getting a little excited here or, uh, you know, are they generally kind of following the plan? Yeah, I'd say our, the clients that we've had for a long time and, and quite a few came with me, um, they're good, right? We haven't been tested in a while. I think that the 30% drop when COVID hit was a nice reminder that markets can be volatile, right? We don't just win all time at all times for 10 years. Uh, so that was a really good moment to jump back in and say, hey, this is a big part of the process. We don't get the reward unless we ride the roller coaster. And if you don't like right. the roller coaster, we need to figure out what level we can be at. But uh, right. you know, some of the folks who haven't been with us as long and haven't been tested in markets for a long time or, or even new to investing, right? This is a different world for them. So it's jumping in and you know, we don't have people calling to say, get me out, get me out, get me out. But they do want to hear from you, right? They want to make sure we have to instill the confidence that uh, that we're on top of this thing, right? And and they're still doing the right thing. And that markets being volatile is, that's a part of the plan. This is all normal. So it doesn't feel like it when we're in it, but it's all normal. Yeah. So do you do anything different in markets like this? Or do you have a plan, a long-term plan and follow that plan? Yeah, I, I do tend to ramp up the communication. So a lot of outbound phone calls, you know, just doing quick check-ins, uh, especially for folks who we know can be you know, particularly more nervous or, or are going into a life change. Um, sequence of returns is important. If I've had somebody that's just retired, we're having the conversation right now that, that hey, you know, depending on where this turns out, it, it may be time for a, a, a pay cut for year one and, and making sure that we're buying years on the back end. And so, uh, we'll ramp up a lot of that outbound communication. We'll hold webinars, et cetera, as well for people to kind of dial in and 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 ask those questions. And and uh, so it's a it's a big outbound effort, uh, like it was when COVID struck, right? And everybody was sure. afraid. So this one is you know obviously a little bit longer lasting here and slightly different. But um, but people just want to again they want to hear from you and know that you're around and available and on top of things. Yeah. So where do you go from here, Chris? Uh are you planning to grow the practice on your own now, or are you going to consider, we talked a little bit about adding other advisors, yeah. uh, buy practices, what, what, what's the growth scenario for your firm? Yeah, you know, I, I, I mentioned earlier when we, when we spoke, so I'm at that unique point um, that a lot of people get to, but it's, okay, here we are, at, you know, around 100 million and, and my capacity is, is starting to get pressed a little bit and right. we want to be a, I want this to be a lifestyle practice. Do I want this to be the $10 billion RIA and we're going out and doing tons of M&A and, and we're, and I think that the answer probably lies in between. I, I enjoy growth. I would, I, I would like growth and, and frankly, I like being a part of a team. So I'd like more people around me in the, in the office every day. Right. So, um, but I, I'm willing to take that slow to find the right people for the bus. And so uh, we have a couple of folks that are, are looking at joining us here and finding the right timing for them as well, which is always a, you know, the trick in, in laying it all out. But um, I do see us bringing on people. I've put all the systems in place as well. I've got the administrative and the outsource stuff for a lot of the technology that we use and can automate some, some of the calendaring and, and client review process and just keeping up to date. So kind of put scale back in their own lives, whether that's because they want to grow more or they want to see their families more. And so I've got a lot of those tools in place that uh, for the right people that are looking to join can really leverage it and, and, uh, and make it a valuable place. I, I think, again, to criticize our industry, there's a lot of money that's getting thrown around, but people, people jump because they think the grass is greener and then they get there and they realize they're in the same exact spot with handcuffs on and, and uh, 
So kind of giving people a, a place that's a, a, a reason to stay, right? Not necessarily a reason to jump and join uh, is the challenge, but I see us growing. I'd like, a, I'd like to see us grow over time, but I'm not looking for a big transaction. So it's not a race to 10 billion to, to offload. I don't know that it's something I ever really want to sell. I just like what I do. It's real advisory, exactly. Yeah. Well, great. Well, you're, uh, you're on the Financial Advisors Workshop uh, podcast. And of course, the video clips will be going out on TikTok and other, other services. So um, if you can think of anything you'd like to tell uh, our colleagues in the financial advisor industry, is there any message you'd like to send everybody? Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is that there's been a lot of change in the industry, right? Uh, whether that's social media, text messaging, all how we do business is changing pretty fast. Um, yeah. geez, COVID, COVID really accelerated a lot of that as well, when all of a sudden people couldn't sit down in the office for a long time. And that's been really intimidating for a lot of folks, I think, um, that they're feeling they're feeling like uh, they can't keep up. And I don't think that that necessarily needs to be the case. Again, it's like teaching finance, right? It's uh, it's not as scary once you give a system or a process. And uh, and we've been really successful with how to communicate in the times, I suppose, um, and dealing with compliance, right? That's the that's the the cop out answer is oh well, I can't do that with compliance. And that's not not necessarily the answer is. We can find compliant, reliable, really great ways to communicate in the current kind of environment, I suppose, and all the platforms uh, to help people grow or help people really deepen the relationships they do have um, and meeting people where they are. So uh, that's the one thing is I know it can be scary for our industry, but um, we've been really successful with it. And I think we'll continue to be and, and uh, you know, we're happy to kind of share the secret. Like I said, we'll pull back that curtain and it's not as bad as it uh, as it may seem. So stay the course, essentially. That's great. Yeah, and be willing to learn, right? So it, instead of saying, oh, you know, I can't do that for compliance or, oh, I, you know, I could never do the social media thing. I can't stand social media. I, you know, it's not my thing, but, but we're good at how it works, right? And because I think it's just a cost of doing business and we got to do that and have a presence. And, and like I said, you know, we have to meet people where they are. And, um, and so, you know, as much as I don't love it, uh, it it's, what we have to do to be successful. And okay. it's not as scary. You got to start it and you have to have a process and it's got to be thought out. But, um, but like I said, we can help people kind of scale that as well. Nice. Nice. Well, thank you, Chris. There's a great message. And thank you for being with us today in the financial advisors workshop. We, we have uh, lots of great people in our industry and you're one of them. And, and I would say, you know, for people who are looking to learn to educate um, you're a real inspiration for what oh, thank you. our industry thank does. You. We appreciate you sharing your thoughts with us today. You got so, it. It's my uh, pleasure. Thanks, Chris Janeway of uh, Newport Beach, California, for being with us today on the Four Star uh, Financial Advisors Workshop. And we'll be back, everybody, with a, another episode very shortly. And uh, again, thanks, Chris, for being with us today. You got it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Again, our biggest goal here is to help you grow your financial advisor practice to 100 million and beyond. So don't forget to download our guide on all the tips, strategies, and tricks I personally use to grow my practice to 100 million and beyond in managed assets by going to fourstarwealth.com forward slash advisors. And if you're a financial advisor looking for more freedom, higher margins, better training, please set up a consultation to discuss joining our team by going to fourstarwealth.com forward slash advisors. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And until the next financial advisor workshop, keep on growing out there, everyone.